Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. P with Mr. P Explorers, and you are back for yet another special episode of Mr. P's Rust Belt Mythology. Yes, that's right, if you were here with us last week, you witnessed the very first episode in a, in a seasonal thing that we're doing here to tell some stories about weirdness and ghosts and murders and creatures and things like that that exist all around the Great Lakes, all around the Rust Belt. Last week we were here for the Nain Rouge, which of course is the Red Demon of of Detroit. So if you were here for that, you're back for yet another episode, and today we're heading back to Cleveland, Ohio, to home, to where I live, to talk about a regional urban legend. Something that many local people know about, but no one's really sure about the origins of, and that would be the Melon Heads of Kirtland. So join me here today as we take a look at one of these crazy stories. It's definitely a good one. It's a good, juicy story for this time of year, now that it's getting cold and the Halloween season is coming. So, let me just jump right in here by saying that there are many areas of the country that have those familiar stories about these forlorn stretches of road. Roads that are surrounded by woods, uh, they're eerie, there's this heavy presence on them. You know, you travel down these roads, even on the sunniest days, things don't seem normal. Where time seems to stretch out like taffy, and reality seems to be slipping in, in these weird odd fits and starts, and nothing seems right. You feel watched, it's just, it's an uneasy feeling. There are stretches of road where strange things are known or rumored to happen, or where urban legends have already taken root to become absolute fact in the minds of those who actually live in the area, whether they're untrue or not, or somewhere in between. And if you ask the locals who do live in the proximity of these roads, you'll hear tales of ghosts and cryptid creatures and other bizarre things that happen when you find yourself driving down those lonely stretches of road. So east of Cleveland, Ohio, in the deep woods and hills outside of Kirtland, which is a small town in Lake County, you'll hear tales whispered about one such road. Following along the snaking and meandering east branch of the Chagrin River is a secluded and sparsely populated road that over time has generated a legend that seems pulled directly out of an old 1990s X-Files episode, you know, Fox Mulder style. We're talking about Wisner Road a benighted stretch of rural roadway, and somewhere on its quietest and most unfrequented stretches, a freakishly, deliciously bizarre legend has been building, morphing, and growing over the decades, lurking just out of sight, waiting for unsuspecting travelers to drop their guard. Yes, that's right. In the hills, valleys, and deep woods of the area, in the shadows of the thick forests along the river, live a species of, well, something. The locals call them melonheads, and if you drive down Wisner Road at just the wrong, or maybe the right time, you may have an encounter with these strange beings. Or at least that's how the legend goes. So, what the hell exactly is a melonhead? It all depends on who you ask, or what flavor of the story you happen to get a taste of. One popular belief is that they were the result of secret government testing that involved strange experiments on human subjects. You know, that old chestnut. Whatever they were testing, the results were that the subjects uh, of these experiments, their heads all swelled to enormous sizes. So radiation or new medications, who knows? The story goes that, uh, you know, maybe they were all given hydrocephalus, all right, making their heads swell to enormous sizes. That's when you have water on the brain. Who knows? Uh, when it comes to military experiments, it's hard to say. All sorts of nefarious afflictions came to mind on this one. Uh, like any good conspiracy in the government, though, it was decided that the best thing to do would be to cover the whole thing up as per the norm when it comes to military experimental shitstorms, right? The government always covers their tracks. So if that was the case, that was the case. 
a secret location in the middle of the woods somewhere outside of Kirtland, and according to the story, near Wisner Road, was quickly established, and the melon heads were all shipped there in the middle of the night to this laboratory or holding pen or whatever it happened to be, something secret out in the woods. Since they were all taken care of, the melon heads were, for the most part, a passive bunch. However, every once in a while, one of them would go restless for some kind of normal human contact with the outside world. These were real people who had horrible things done to them, according to the story. Usually waiting until the cover of darkness, a melon head or two would slip outside the, the commune and creep past the fences and through the woods towards civilization, which in this case means Wisner Road. And more often than not, just a glimpse of the outside world would all a melon head would need to send them scampering back to safety of their little town or wherever it might have happened to be. All right. Um, and of course, that's where the story would come from. Somebody would see something walking or shambling along Wisner Road. And that's how the story began. All right, there are offshoots of this melonhead legend. That's just one of the one of one of the most prominent versions of the story. The most predominant one, though, the, the one that has the greatest juiciness to it, in my opinion, uh, in this story, there is a Joseph Mengele-esque doctor featured, a doctor who performed hideous experiments out in the woods in a self-contained laboratory tucked up in the secluded hills. The doc's name is Crow. And it's spelled in a whole bunch of different ways. Usually you see it spelled C-R-O-W-E. Sometimes it's without an E. Sometimes it's K-R-O-H, you know, German style, something like that. But uh, no matter how it's spelled, in every one of them, he created the melon heads by medically abusing children that no one would ever miss. Orphans, kids that fell through the cracks in society, you know, for whatever sad reason. Kidnaps them, takes them in. In one version of the tale, Dr. Crow has somehow managed to acquire either by kidnapping or through a secret and shady backdoor deal with a local mental hospital that he works at or with. Uh, he kidnaps several individual kids that he subjects to bizarre experiments, most of which focus on the brain and the head. And due to the severe trauma, the individual's heads are deformed and misshapen. And they grow to large sizes. This is where the melon heads label comes from. In these stories, fearing the revenge of his victims, Dr. Crow's experiments also included lobotomies. Okay, he didn't want anybody to talk. So he basically gave them lobotomies, took out parts of their brain, and made them pathetically docile and far less in touch with the world than they once might have been. So to keep them quiet, that's what was going on in the story. Every once in a while, Dr. Crow would lose a subject for a short period of time when they would wander off the reservation, but he would always be able to round them up pretty quickly and return them. And sometimes, as I said, drivers or even parked teenagers out for some evening shenanigans out on Wisner would encounter one of these abused children wandering, uh, terrifying the shit out of them and sending them rocketing out of the area at top speed, heading home for a fresh pair of underwear. Right? I don't know about you guys, but if I saw that shuffling down the road in the dark, I would probably piss my pants in fear. Who wouldn't? There's also a variation of the tale that focuses less on Dr. Crow, who in this version is actually benevolent. He's a good guy, not a monster devoid of all morals, and it focuses more on his wife. Okay, This time, Dr. Crow and his wife are living in an isolated cabin in the woods and have been asked to care for a group of children stricken with hydrocephalia. Again, which is a disease that affects the cerebrospinal fluid in one's body, and it causes your head to swell far beyond its normal size. The old-fashioned way of saying it was water on the brain. Okay, large heads, melon heads. Due to the swollen heads, mean-spirited locals began calling them that, and the name stuck. 
According to the tale, while assisting her husband in lovingly caring for these children, Mrs. Crow began to see how the Melonhead's nickname was hurting the kids' feelings and affecting their lives even more than their affliction was. Okay? Her motherly instincts kicked into high gear, and she kind of pulled the children closer to her, protecting them from the outside world, becoming the mom. And in turn, the children looked at her as their mother, even though that she wasn't. And unfortunately, she passed away one day, and that sent the kids' collective world crashing down. And they felt like they were lost without their mother, Mrs. Crow was gone, and the children went absolutely apeshit and began acting out frantically, running and thrashing around the Crow cabin. Uh, Dr. Crow was unable to calm them down, and uh, like a log truck rolling downhill with no brakes, he wasn't able to do anything. It was just, it was out of control, and in the ensuing insanity that came down, a lit kerosene lantern was said to have been knocked to the floor, which set the old cabin on fire. Fed by the old wood of the cabin, the fire soon engulfed everything in a raging, inescapable inferno, including Dr. Crow and all of the children. And as a result of this tragic and horrific ending, the Melonheads are said to roam the woods in this version as ghosts of the children who burned to death in the cabin fire. So, sure, <laughs> that's one other version. The final legend associated with the Melonheads doesn't even mention them at all, but it bears some discussion because Dr. Crow is the central figure. All right, this is the most disturbing of all the variants of the story, believe it or not, even after all we've already heard. Okay, in this story, Dr. Crow performs illegal abortions in his cabin in the woods and even manages to find the time to kill a deformed baby or two in his spare time. People will bring their kids to him to be, you know, he's like the death doctor. All right, afterwards, he would bury the tiny bodies uh, all around his cabin or on the knoll uh, near his cabin in the hills, and uh, even though it's said to be abandoned now, the basement of the doctor's house is said to echo with the cries from the departed babies, as does the area surrounding the knoll. And with that in mind, it should come as no surprise that the bridge near where Dr. Crow's cabin is said to have been is now officially one of those crybaby bridges where you pull off to the side and get out and stand on the bridge at late at night and you can hear crying, right? One of those is out there. Where this cabin actually is, or if the remains, you know, do, do they exist? Nobody really knows. They don't even exist uh, as far as we know. It's, it's up for debate, but that's how local legends tend to go. Um, could it have happened? Sure. Who knows? No matter where they come from or what the truth may happen to have been, most kids in the area know somebody whose sisters, best friends, uncles, roommates, moms, cousin, who knew a guy whose dentist saw the melon heads one time or another. You know, that's kind of how that goes. Somebody knows somebody who knows something. It's like that. It should not be surprising at all that it's apparently a popular thing for high school kids to cruise around the area late at night telling taller and taller tales of each other, scaring the shit out of each other, looking for the melon heads. And even now, some say there was at one time a family out on Wisner who had a mentally disabled child with an oversized cranium who used to stand at the fence at the edge of the parent's property. And that all the myths and all the horror stories are much ado about one unfortunate kid. Would make perfect sense if that was the case. Uh, it makes more sense than any of the other outlandish tales that we've just heard, uh, no matter how sensational and, and crazy they sound. Um, at any rate, the Melonheads are most strongly associated with Wisner Road near Chardon in that area of, of, of town. Uh, Chardon is also nearby. They are also often cited on King Memorial Road, which is, which is uh, near the King Memorial Cemetery there. Why these Melonheads like it there, if they exist at all? You know, it's anybody's guess. Maybe Dr. Crow and his wife were buried there, and they come to visit the graves. But no records have ever been found of Dr. Crow or his wife or any mysterious cabin out that way, so... You know, who knows? 
Usually most myths are grounded in a kernel of truth somewhere. Maybe there was once a disabled child out on Wisner Way back then. And that's all it took to light the fire. I have been out on Wisner Road myself, and while it has many stretches where there are homes aplenty, you know, there's a population of people out there, there are also long miles where it's just you, the road, and the woods around you on both sides, all completely unlit at night. It's pitch black out there. It's eerie as hell. Uh, I've never seen anything out there on that road in the middle of the night myself, but the ingredients for a deliciously weird urban legend are all there to cook something lasting up. Uh, you've got utter darkness. You've got a forlorn stretch of road. You've got mist on some nights, this thick mist that rolls off the river. Uh, you've got passed down rumors of weird things hiding out in the woods. Um, you've got local legends of, of this couple that lived in a cabin. Um, all of these things put together are the perfect recipe for craziness. Now, do I believe it, it might have been something back in the day? I, I don't know. Maybe there was something there. Uh, but most truth, or most myths, no matter how insane they seem, always seem to spring out from a seed of truth. So maybe there was a poor handicapped kid whose appearance sparked the legend. Maybe there was an old couple who lived out there and who stayed to themselves, who just seemed to be a, the, the perfect start to a crazy rumor. You know, uh, a couple who kept to themselves and said nothing to anybody and wanted to be left alone. Those are the perfect people to start legends about. We may never know. Of course, you yourself could go out there one night and take a spin down Wisner Road, check it out for yourself, and report back to us. If you do see something, uh, you might just add another chapter on to the sad, unnerving, and lengthy saga of the Melonheads of Kirtland. You never know. So, that's the story of the Melonheads, ladies and gentlemen. I hope it was an enjoyable one. Uh, again, join us this Thursday for another episode of Mr. P's Tales from the Road. We have a full episode coming up on Thursday. If you enjoyed this, by all means, share it around. Uh, drop us a message on Mr. P Explorers and let us know what you think. All right? On that note, I'll let you guys go. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you in the next one. Take it easy. This is Mr. P signing off.